You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Store, or check out our website, www.gprestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. Hello, my darlings, and welcome to this week's mega episode of Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. Damn, y'all. I'm just going to call it the mega episode because I just don't know what else to call it. This is so exciting. So on this episode today, you're going to get to hear Jason from a Band from Ringside podcast and I preview and predict AEW's Fight for the Fallen, which comes out for your viewing pleasure this Saturday, July the 13th. And I had the pleasure and privilege of interviewing Mr. Matthew Justice and talking about his career so far in his 14 years that he's been working in the business. We talked about his time with WWE, how he got into wrestling as a career, his grind and hustle in the indies, making a name for himself again. And... What's really exciting is he talks a lot about being true to himself and, you know, what he wants and he won't settle in his story. And I and I love that about this interview. We had such a great time. So Queenie isn't going to waste another second. We're about to hold court with Queen with two amazing segments today. Firstly, it's going to be Jason and I talking about AEW's Fight for the Fallen, followed by the awesome interview with Mr. Matthew Justice. Strap in, babies. It's about to be a fun one. And it's time to hold court with Queen. Listeners of Queen's Court, I am sorry to interrupt this wonderful episode with the Queen of Any herself, but it is Josh here, and I just wanted to let you guys know that every single Friday right here on Brain Buster Radio, you can catch Wrestling Reverb with myself and my co-host Kevin Ka- Kevin, where are you, dude? Yo, big dog. Kev. Kevin. Mr. Carroll. I don't know where Kevin is, but please make sure you check out Wrestling Reverb every single Friday right here on Brain Buster Radio. Now let's get back to some Queen's Court. Queen, do your thing. All right, everyone, welcome back from that quick commercial break. And as promised, I have him here, someone very special who I'm thrilled is joining Queen's Court to hold court with me today, Mr. Jason, JCB Baby, from Band from Ringside Podcast. How are you? Queen, doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm super. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, no. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm super pumped to chat AEW as we're rolling into 
Fight for the Fallen this coming Saturday. Super excited. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say it's going to be one of those nights where as I work nights, I'm just going to have to put my phone in the car and just not look at it until I get off work so I can make sure I don't get any spoilers. It's the bad part about being on wrestling Twitter. I yeah. love it because you can connect with people that you've never seen, you don't, you never met before. But nights like Fight for the Fall, you just have to be disciplined enough to not get on social media until it's time for you to actually watch the pay-per-view. Well, before this pay-per-view comes to fruition on Saturday, July the 13th, I want to talk a little bit about the pay-per-view that came before it. This right. little event that was put together, Fighter Fest, in conjunction with CEO. Little special was on June the 29th at the day uh, in Daytona Beach, rather at the Ocean Center. What was your overall thoughts on the Fighter Fest pay per view? It was a bridge gap kind of pay per view to what you have now with uh, Fight for the Fallen. Nothing crazy, obviously, no real no title matches, but with obviously with Darby Allen and Cody Rose. You had a time limit draw, which you just don't see a lot in professional wrestling to begin with, Mm -hmm. much less the infamous chair shot from one Sean Spears. Obviously, I think that was just in my opinion. I think that was something that was talked about. Now, the execution of it obviously left a little to be desired, but that's another story for another time. Outside of that, I thought the pay-per-view was solid. I thought SEMA versus uh, Christopher Daniels was a good, solid opener. It showed that SEMA is someone that is to be legitimately, you know, concerned for if you're a Kenny Omega. For someone like me that haven't, hasn't seen Cena uh, or SEMA, I apologize because I'm so WWE trained. It was, the, it was a nice introduction for me to see him a second time, especially this time in a, uh, a singles kind of format. Um, the ladies, I hear a lot of people, you know, worried about Nyla Rose and, you know, losing twice to quote unquote smaller women. And I understand that. And if wins and losses are going to mean something, back-to-back losses isn't a good look. But, you know, this is what, the second, third pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think we want to jump off that bridge just yet. You know, is it is it a concern? Yeah. Is this WWE? No. I think I would like to think that AEW has their shit together enough to see a long-term plan just because it hasn't come to fruition in what is it two or three pay-per-views. Right. Give or take, I wouldn't necessarily say that's the end of the world. Bucks obviously and uh Kenny Omega I love the the Street Fighter feel to it. I was a huge Street Fighter fan growing up as a kid. uh, Many a quarter was plunked into that video game and obviously got it when it came out on NES, Super NES, all that good stuff. I thought that was a a nice little six-man match. That, to me, is an entertaining match because it doesn't have any real stakes involved. It was just nice to see good chemistry in the ring and letting them do their thing. And then, obviously, with Joey Janela... And John Moxley, I just, I just thought that was, I never knew John Moxley as John Moxley. I only knew him as Dean Ambrose. So mm-hmm. to see him this way was different. I'm not saying it was a bad different. It was just different. The match was solid. Joey Janelle, I thought, 
put over John Moxley well. They hit all the spots. All in all, I, th- I thought it was a solid pay-per-view. And then at the end, you get Kenny Omega jumping Moxley. So you had a pay-per-view that kind of touched on the bases. It was an entertaining pay-per-view, but it wasn't double or nothing. It wasn't all in. It didn't break ground. It just it advanced storylines. And that, to me, is really all I can ask for from certain things. It's not always going to hit home runs. But it's a double is good. Yeah, you know what? And I feel similar to how you just laid that out for us. Very nice. A double is okay. You don't need to hit a home run every single time. It's nice for us to have these moments. And it's more like an event more than like, oh, this is a major pay-per-view, like double or nothing. Right. It's it's not like that. It's it's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit different. It's in a completely different, um, you know, conjunction with CEO. So it's not going to have the same type of feel that double or nothing or all out or all in or even fight for the fallen might give you. So it's going to be slightly different. And I think there were a lot of great moments. There was lots of furthering of storyline. MJF continues to cement Ooh. himself as one of the nastiest heels in the business, and he's killing it. Uh, you know, and they're furthering that little tension between him and Adam Page, which I find interesting. Mm. Uh, the ladies are shining. Even, you know, I, I hear you about Nyla Rose, and I feel the same way. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. But they're saying wins and losses matter here. So, you know, maybe it will. We'll see. But uh, that Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen match was something so very, 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 very special. And Darby Allen cemented himself as a as a huge star. So I feel like there was some stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice, it was a side dish. It wasn't, it wasn't turkey. It wasn't ham. It's not your Thanksgiving main course, but it's a really nice side, you know? (laughs) All all out, I expect to be, you know, a nice helping of turkey or ham or whatever it is you like protein wise for (laughs) (laughs) your Thanksgiving. This was just, like you said, this is just something that, and I totally forgot about Adam Page because I just, my thought is he's already going to wrestle Jericho at All Out. He's going to have the match coming up at Fight for the Fallen, but I expect him to kind of win that too to keep the momentum going, to get to Jericho, to be as strong as possible for the first ever AEW title match. But right. you're right. There are going to be some roadblocks on the way. And it was interesting to see that this is so close right, in time to Fight for the Fallen. And now we're here already. I feel like we blinked and and we're at Fight for the Fallen already, which is wild. But here we yeah. are. It's happening this Saturday, the 13th, in Jacksonville, of course, at Daly's Place. And this is, uh, this is something a little bit different and a little bit special. This is the third event that they've had since becoming AEW. I, I kind of think of All In as the, the tester pay-per-view to see if right. this was going to fly, right? Oh, and yeah, then, for sure. Yeah, and then now we have this third event being put on by the company since it's been a company, and it's going to be uh, that all the proceeds, they've said, are going to be donated to victims of gun violence. So it's sponsored by Farrah and Farrah, and the proceeds from the gate will go to Jacksonville's Victims Assistance Advisory Council to help victims of violent crime. So like that right there, the the reason they're putting on this pay-per-view is something different. You know, it's not something you see all the time. We know we see charity events and things like that, but this is a pay-per-view dedicated for something very specific. It's something that, like you said, is specific because it's close to the Bucks. It's close to AEW. And like you said, the proceeds are going to go back to Jacksonville to hopefully 
you know, stop the gun violence in Jacksonville. And then you can kind of spin that off to the rest of America, but just in the, the, the much smaller scale. Sure. This is why I like AEW, just because they do the small stuff. Not saying that other promotions don't do it. They're not breaking ground by doing right, this. Right, but, right, right. but it's just it's just a nice touch for them to say, hey, we're thinking about our community. We're going to get back to our community. And on top of it, we're going to throw out, a, a, hopefully, another good show leading us into All Out. Absolutely. I totally agree. Just looking at it. Like going over the matches while before I was uh, chatting with you before we started recording, I was like, wow, this is going to be interesting. I wonder what's going to happen here. So I'm super excited to dive into this. Yeah, let's do it. going to talk about the pre-show. Now, if I was this company and I wanted people to watch my pre-show (laughs) buy-in, I would make this match. (laughs) This match right here. Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc versus Sammy G, Sean Spears, and MJF. <laughs> what in the world do you think about this match just based off the names that I just said out loud? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously you got Darby Allen coming in. Not saying he's hot, but if you didn't know who Darby Allen is coming in, you know who he is now. The bad part about that match is I think the chair shot took, took a little bit away from the match itself. I thought Darby Allen did very well just putting his name out there. I've seen him before in Evolve, so for me, this is not anything new for me. But like I said, if this is the first time that you've seen him, everybody knows who Cody is. Cody helped put him over, if that makes sense. Nobody got over because it was a draw, but Cody helped put Darby Allin over, if that makes sense. So with that, now you're kind of on the other side with Sean Spears and NJF. Well, Sean Spears in kayfabe, you know, knocked the holy hell out of Cody Rhodes. And if you believe MJF, MJF and Cody Rhodes are best buds. How they're going to coexist on the same team is beyond even me on just on that. That's a storyline alone into itself. Sammy G, God bless him. He's just going to have to just hold the steering wheel knuckle grip and try to bring this thing home. Plus you throw in Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc. I can't believe this is going to be an actual kickoff show, pre-show, whatever you want to call it. It's got, it's got all the combustible elements of, yes. of being 20 minutes of just absolute chaos. I'm surprised this isn't on the main card. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, when they first announced this and I saw the graphic, I was like, yo, I'm, I can't wait for this. I'm in. And I hear I hear that Sean Spears MJF thing, but I think that's going to make for really cool storytelling as they're trying to work together. I mean, WWE does this all the time. They put people together that hate each other. It's not something I feel like is uncommon, you know, for, for wrestling fans. We'd be like, all right, I mean, I get it. It's kind of a, weird that it just happened and it's so fresh and now they're going to have to figure it out. But, I mean, that happens on SmackDown and Monday Night Raw all the time. So I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are, are thinking about it. Just my thoughts. So we're going to see what they do with that. Uh, I, too, was like, why isn't this on the main card? But not, I totally get it from a booking standpoint. You want people to tune in right before this show starts. This is this is the way to do it. I and mean, what a banger of a match. This is going to be crazy. Um, so before we talk about our predictions, we're just going to roll through each match, analyze it a little bit, and then we'll okay. come back and, and choose our sides. <laughs> no worries. As I say, I already got my sides chosen, so I'm, I'm not even worried about it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the main card, 
they announced that Chris Jericho is going to appear. And it's under right. the main card thing on their website. So Chris Jericho appearing is all it says. So what do we think? Do we think he's going to cut a promo? Do you think he's going to be in the center of the ring? Do you think he confronts Adam Page? What are your thoughts on this well, appearance? Of course, I'm sure he's going to come out, run down uh, Jacksonville like he said he like he normally would. But ultimately, I think this is going to set up the all-out main event uh, AEW title match. Call out Adam Page, anybody else that gets in his way that they're – I'm, my question is, does he do, do this promo alone? My mm. guess is yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone comes out to maybe stop him, maybe interrupt him in some form or fashion, because there's a nice little gap where we were talking about before we, we started recording. I think it's maybe four or five weeks in between Fight for the Fall and then All Out. So uh, it's a lot of time for Jericho not to be doing anything. Sure. I'm not saying he's going to wrestle, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there would be a little Twitter beef or something, an all-out interaction between them and going into all-out. He's going to come out, cut the promo, say he's going to be the first AEW champion, call out Adam Page in some form or fashion. But I just, I wouldn't be surprised if, someone doesn't come out to take this opportunity to try to get a little rub off of Chris Jericho. Oh yeah. That's a good thought. Maybe somehow someone comes out to try to make a little name for themselves or something. I could see that happening. I think I agree with you. I think he's going to come down. Music's going to hit. He's going to be in the ring. He's going to do his normal, awesome Chris Jericho stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little brawl between him and Adam page, not a, not a match, but a brawl. And I think that would be kind of a cool way to get that heat. And much like he did with Kenny Omega before they were wrestling in New Japan, that Twitter stuff was right. gold. And I think oh, yeah. right. I think they're going to start that. I Well, at least I think they should start that and kind oh, no. of build that hype forward and moving. And I love when Chris Jericho does those little vignettes in those videos. That would be really cool to see pop up on social media and Adam Page can respond. And, they, you know, there's stuff that they can do to utilize the platforms that they have, I think, in order to make this really interesting between when this pay-per-view airs and all out. And they do it all the time. YouTube is their best media yep. outlet where I have the notification when it comes out. Boom. You know, I get it. I watch it. So it's just one of those things where... This will be the setup, the preheating of the oven, if you will, and it will lead us into all out where you finally have the crowning of the first AEW champion. And like I said, I think this is going to be one of those where it's, it's going to set it up. If there's fisticuffs in between him and Adam Page, that's great. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Jericho go after the bad knee or whatever in some form or fashion. Maybe, you mm -hmm. know, soften him up before his actual match on the fight for the fallen card against one Kip Sabian. Sure. Yeah. I totally get that. I feel you there. Another thing, too, is that they've been, they've been putting out these videos, the road to and the road to all out. So I think there's going to be those little things like 
Jim Ross is going to interview Sean Spears and talk to him about the chair shot and talk to him about other things. I think that's another moment and platform that they can use that program too to kind of create that buzz as we move forward because these feuds I think are going to get hotter and hotter as we uh, make our way towards Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that's the, that would be, I guess, their equivalent to a Raw or a SmackDown. You're not going to see sure. physical matches, but you'll see the kayfabe storyline unfold in a mm-hmm. verbal form, kind of the way they used to do it back in the WWE in the in the 90s or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. They just, you know, just got to hit the marks. I'm, a, I'm going to be waiting to see what Sean Spears says, how they have him come off. You know, why Sean? Why? Because everybody's going, that's the first question. So he has to me, he has to hit at least a double with that question, you know, convince mm-hmm. me that whatever Cody did to you that was so unjust was worthy of this chair shot. Yeah, I totally agree. And it'd be very interesting to see that because I felt like there was so much controversy after that whole thing. And I agree with, with what you said earlier about how it took away from the match a little bit. I felt the exact same way. But let's talk about the ladies. So For this sure. match is very interesting. We have Brandy Rhodes versus Allie. Very interesting here. She thought, Allie thought Brandy was her friend, not so right. much. Yeah. Brandy's going to come out with some, I think she's going to come out with some backup, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some awesome Kong appearance or some sort of backup. She's been teasing that. What do you think about this match between these two ladies? Brandy Rose is obviously has talent up and coming, but Allie to me, is going to be one of the foundations of this AEW women's roster when it really starts to come into fruition. I love her stuff in Impact. I didn't get to see her in Smash the way I kind of wanted to, but Impact is where I really kind of started to see her character evolve and then her in-ring wrestling evolve as well. So Mm -hmm. now... You know, you kind of spin it forward. She's, you know, this nice, a second little bubbly kind of character going along with Kylie Ray. It would be hard to see her lose unless there was some sort of interference. And now that's, you kind of stole what I was already kind of thinking to begin with. Is this a place where Awesome Kong kind of comes into play? My knee-jerk reaction is, yeah, because it kind of makes sense. Brandy Rhodes is the head of the women's division. So why not have a little muscle on, you know, in your back pocket whenever you need it? Yeah, I think I agree. You know, if, hey, if I was rolling out to a match, I'd have my friends in my pocket, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm five, seven on good days. I need all the muscle I can get. I'm surrounding myself with the biggest guys in the world. I'm going to be on the bike behind them talking the biggest shit you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> Right. I feel the same way. I would totally roll in a faction. So like I would never be by myself. So you do you. you. But (laughs) I love Allie. I really do. Seeing her stuff in Impact was really great, especially last year into this year when she turned darker and was with Rosemary and was like possessed. And then she freaking died, quote unquote, in Rosemary's arms to write her off TV. Wild. She's got so much talent. She's I didn't tired. think they would go that far, but that's but the, great for Impact, great for Allie. 
where it all kind of just was a nice little wrapping of the bow, you know what I'm saying, on top of the present, okay, sliding underneath the Christmas tree kind of deal. It just, it came full circle from Allie being this nice little sweet, you know, pushover kind of character to where now at the end, she's completely different. She's dark, you know, she went down this road and then got killed off on Mm-hmm. national tv i thought it was amazing i did too i really loved that i thought that was super creative and you know now here she is in AEW, and she's seems to be back to the sweet alley so we'll kind of see how that's gonna go i'm really excited looking forward to this match i haven't seen brandy wrestle a lot so this is gonna be very very interesting for the women's match on the card but moving forward hangman page versus kip sabian wow this one's gonna be really special i think uh kip Super talented guy, really fun to watch in the ring. And of course, Hangman Page is one of my favorite wrestlers. I think he's huge, huge, huge star. Obviously, he's challenging for the very first AEW championship. I mean, that's wild. So putting these two together in a ring, I think it's going to be very interesting. Different styles, different tactics. What are your thoughts on this particular match? Kip Sabian, I think, is one of those guys that a lot of people may not know. I didn't have a chance to really see him until I saw him in, on in Progress Wrestling mm-hmm. about, I guess it was almost six months ago, almost a calendar year ago. I've seen him maybe a handful of times, not enough to really speak on him intelligently, I know that, that he will bring talent to the table. Hangman Page, obviously, is one of the stars of AEW. I say he's the future champion of AEW, maybe not the first champion, but he is a future world champion at some point. Mm-hmm. To me, this is very akin to the Cody Rhodes, uh, Darby Allen match, where I think Page will go, but in going over, he's going to help Kip Saban get over. And I think ultimately that's how this needs to play itself out, where if you don't know Kip Saban, and some people do, some people don't. I can't speak for other people. I know I watch a ridiculous ton of wrestling. God bless my girlfriend. I love her to death, and she has to deal with this nonsense. So (laughs) I've I've had the the pleasure of seeing Kip Saban on a couple of occasions. Fingers crossed you get a nice 15-minute match where – Both guys get a chance to do their thing, but then ultimately one guy goes over or the other. And I'll just save that for the prediction part, but that's the way I'm going. No, I I feel the same way. I'm hoping for a roundabout 15-minute match, just like you said. I think they're going to really showcase here. And I really think that this is a moment for Kip to to really shine. You know, his match with Sammy at Double or Nothing was great, but it wasn't – well, it was on the pre-show – but that's okay. But I no, think it's got to start page, I think it's got to, yeah, he's got to start that fire. And I think this is a great spot to put that in. And just personally, I love Kip Sabian because he's a Harry Potter fan like I am. And that man has <laughs> Harry Potter named moves. So clearly we are best friends. He just doesn't know it yet, but we're best friends. I say, I, I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. What? So, Wait, true story. what? I'm a Star Wars guy. I'm a, right. you know, uh, Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. Okay. So it's not okay. the realm of possibility. Okay. I've just never committed to sitting down and starting from the beginning and watching it through. All right. Well, I'll forgive you because Lord of the Rings is the shit. So we're okay. going okay. to say, please don't <laughs> behead me just yet. Oh, Lord. No, I will not. I will not behead you today. 
But uh, someone that might behead somebody might be Kenny Omega versus Shima. <laughs> this is going to be a crazy match with these two, the freaking legend Shima versus one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time, Kenny Omega. Holy shit, Jason. I don't know what this match is going to be. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm pumped to see Kenny Omega and Shima <laughs> together in the same ring fighting one another. What is even happening right now? No, this is it's a great time to be a wrestling fan in 2019. I mean, there's plenty of things to talk about. This is one of them great things to talk about. I hadn't had a chance to see Shima until very recently once AEW kind of opened up its doors. I saw him in the six-man. Like I said, I saw him with, against Christopher Daniels. So I got a, a decent idea of what we're looking at. On the plane flight home, I'll take another couple of uh, videos. I'll go on YouTube and and check him out some more and see get a better idea what he's all about. Obviously, Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega. I think anybody that has been around the last couple years, it's going to be hard not to see a Kenny Omega match in some form or fashion. So the fact that I don't know a lot about Shima intrigues me, where I know so much, or at least I think I know so much about Kenny Omega. I have no idea what's going on. I will say this. Once again, I wouldn't be surprised if one John Moxley is somewhere hovering around this match in some form or fashion. Maybe after the match we see him. Maybe before the match. I don't know. I'll be a little surprised if Moxley isn't involved in this in some form or fashion. My guess is that both guys will give us a whatever if it's 20 minutes give me 19 minutes and 20 seconds of just amazing wrestling and i will be a happy camper i could care less who goes over it at this point i just want to see a solid wrestling match show me the reason why you put this man in with kenny omega because i'm assuming that she is going to be around for a little bit i'm a guy that doesn't know much about him so you you're going to have to show me why he's in the ring with kenny omega now, what's interesting about for Moxley is I think it might be some kind of promo or whatever because he'll be in Japan for the G1. So his Black B starts. That's right. no, so I no. think he might interfere in some way, shape, or form. And it might have some sort of like mind game stuff. Remember how he did that uh, beautiful little video when he was released from WWE to tease that he was coming in and right. uh, he was like, you know, rolling through people and saying time's coming and, you know, stuff like that. So he may do something where he's starting to mess with, you know. If you want to do something like he did with uh, Juice Robinson, yep. kind of play with his head like that. Exactly. I don't have a problem with that. Jericho's done it. Obviously, Mox has done it. If you do something like that, I'm okay with that. I totally forgot. I keep forgetting that G1 has started. So I know, man. <laughs> it's hard. Hey, I love my girlfriend. I love my vacation. But damn it, I need to start getting back to watching wrestling because like, I miss Slammiversary. I miss G1. You know, I, know. I can't miss too much because now I feel like I'm falling behind and my life is falling apart. Oh, no. It'll be fine. I promise you can catch up. <laughs> no, we'll catch up. We'll be fine. Trust me. It's a four-hour flight. I'll be I'll have plenty of time. So the last match on this card is the dream tag team match between the Young Bucks and Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, that's going to say, because once again, there's nothing on the line. It's just, it's 
the spirit of competition, which is the better team, where you have Young Bucks, arguably one of the best tag teams in the last 10 years easily, versus the, the Rhodes brothers that, you know, you just didn't get an, an, enough a chance to see them tag in WWE. You saw them in arguably one of the best matches in 2019. Now you get a chance to see them to do their thing as a tag team. It's just going to be interesting to see how this is booked because you can go with this in so many different ways. And I'm just excited to see this match because I didn't think you would ever see this match. And I hate to use the term dream match because it's so everybody throws around, throws it around. I do it too. I'm guilty of it as, as well. But this is really a dream match because Two years ago, if you had told me this would have happened, I'd have looked at you sideways. I'd have been asking you what you're smoking, passing over this, this way. I just want to see a good match. And however, however the finish is, is however the finish is. I don't think either team really benefits that much with a win or a loss at this point. I just I think it, everybody just kind of wants to see this match because, like I said, two years ago, I don't think you, this was ever even a possibility. Now we're going to see it unfold. I know, which is wild. I mean... You just look at this whole story from two years ago until right now. Two years ago, Cody Rhodes was and the Bucks were New Japan. Cody Rhodes was at one point the Ring of Honor champion. Gold Dust, right, was still in WWE. Right. And now flash forward to 2019. <laughs> Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, and the Cons have created this company, brand new wrestling company. Uh, it, and then, oh, I can't even like get all the words out because it's so <laughs> wild. It's wild. It's- it's a lot to take in, and and they're doing a lot. It's not and it's not quickly because we keep forgetting that there was a build up to all in. They yes. worked that through YouTube, and then they gave us all in, and then they you know they gave us double or nothing. They, here's Fighter Fest, and but even in between each pay per view, they've given us stuff to you know, keep us invested, you know, here's more to the story. Here's more to the story. So it's a, it's been enough to where, even though they haven't been around long, they've kind of got this ongoing story to where if you watch long enough, you know, it just feels like, okay, now, you know, what's happening next week, you know, what's going to happen now. And now you just, it's just one of those things where it's evolved to this thing so quickly where, like you said, two years ago, I would. There's no way I'd have even thought this was happening. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy where we are right now. And as you mentioned earlier, I will echo it. What a time to be a wrestling fan. 2019. Everybody thought 2018 was going to be the year, and while it was magical, it's got nothing on 2019 so far. No, no. I was going to say 2019 has been absolutely crazy, and we got six more months of this. <laughs> Can't wait. So now let's move into our predictions. Who do we think is winning each of these matches? We'll start with the buy-in. We'll start with the pre-show. We got Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janelle, and Darby Allen versus Sean Spears, MJF, Sammy G. Who do you got winning this buy-in match? <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I got the feeling I'm going to make that sound a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I just I can't see how the heels get along it's there has to be some sort of implosion on that side it, it if mjf is going to be 
Cody Rhodes BFF. BFFs stand up for their BFFs. Mm-hmm. At some point, I could see um, a missed tag, some sort of miscommunication where, oops, I accidentally kicked, fill in the blank. <laughs> and that's how their story kind of unfolds, maybe doing their own thing, leading into a Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears singles match. I got to take the faces on this one. It just it just makes too much sense. Yeah, I feel the same way. And as I, I'm staring at this graphic right now as we're talking about it, and I, it's like you got yeah. anti-heroes on one side <laughs> and the heels on the other side. It's like I got Deadpool and... <laughs> but it's just, it's wildness, wildness. And I, I want to root for them all because I love them so, but... Sure, me too. Me too. But I think it's going to go with uh, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janelle, and Darby Allen. I just think it's I just think it's going to move that way in momentum. I think they're going to sell the story for Sean Spears and MJF. And Sammy, I just don't think he's got the chops, no offense, to keep peace on that side. There's no way. So for the ladies, Brandy Rhodes versus Allie, who do you have going over here? I kind of spilled the beans a little bit, a little bit earlier, and I'm going to go ahead and, and stick with Allie. But like I said, the only way I can see Allie losing is if Awesome Kong interferes with the, in this match. And I kind of think that she should because you kind of want to have Brandy not necessarily be a, a heel CEO like Stephanie, but you you kind of kind of want to have a little heat around her. Awesome Kong gives her that heat. And why not set it up to where you have a storyline spinning away from this with Allie? That to me is a storyline. I think Allie wins, but then Awesome Kong somehow gets involved, hopefully for the sake of me looking like the smartest guy in the room after the fact. I think Brandy's going to have to have some help here. So I think we are going to get an appearance by Awesome Kong. She's teased it before. For me, it's the smarter move to put Allie forward. It's, I think it's more important for Allie to win this match to, like you said, to establish her as a credible wrestler versus having Brandy winning this match. And it's no disrespect to Brandy. I think she has talent, but the bigger picture is to have Brandy Rhodes kind of in the background, you know, mm-hmm. being the evil puppeteer, if you will, and not being yep. a, a part of the, the stage, so to speak. I don't want her to be a character. I wanted to be a, the puppeteer, the behind the scenes faction leader, if you will. I feel you on that one. When we talk about Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian, I feel like we're going to be agreeing on this one as well. What do you think uh, is the outcome of this match? Only because you have the title match coming ahead with Hangman Page and Chris Jericho. You got to keep Hangman Page looking strong, so you got to keep the momentum going. So in this case, you got to got to have him go over. Like mm-hmm. I said, at some point he'll be the AEW champion. Maybe not the first, but he'll be an AEW champion. It kind of makes sense to keep Adam Page looking strong. He'll go over, but in some form or fashion, we need to get Kip Sabian to get over. That's the way I kind of see this one going down. Yep, totally agree with you there. 
I think Paige has to win here. It keeps him moving, looking strong as he's going to face Jericho at All Out. But I think Kip makes a great showing for himself. And he's going to be inserted into this very strong, sexy-looking, beautiful <laughs> mid-card experience that they're building here at AEW. There's a lot of people that I think are going to be interplayed and interchanged in whatever their mid-card title belt is going to be. And uh, something special is I think they can float from mid to upper and back again. And, and that's unique for AEW. I'm, I'm really excited for that. So as we move to Kenny Omega versus Shima, this match is very interesting. Uh, for me, I feel like this is Kenny's match to lose. Uh, they're certainly not booking, you know, or being uh, treating Shima like a slouch or anything like that. But I think that Omega is undoubtedly the top of these two. And he's the top tier of AEW, one of them. So I feel like for him, uh, this is his to lose. So I'm going to pick Omega to go over Shima on this. Now, I agree. I think obviously Kenny Omega will be a part of the the top end of the AEW card. Um, Shima might fit in somewhere in, in the mid card. Maybe, you know, like you said beforehand, he might flip from the uh, the upper end of the card back to the mid card, depending on how things unfold. You know, obviously at some point we'll have some uh, tag team titles. Maybe he'll, go, you know, jump into the tag team title scene at some later point. Right now it's, it's just, it's booked for Kenny Omega to go over. Yeah, he definitely is going to, I think. And as we build towards All Out, which I feel we're getting Kenny versus Moxley, uh, it just makes the most sense. But the last match is that tag match between the Young Bucks and Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Very interesting here. It's going to be a very hard-hitting, fun tag team match. I'm excited about it. We're going to get some great spots. And just getting to see Cody and Dustin tag together, you know, with the emotional story from Double or Nothing is going to be something special. Kind of a difficult one to pick who they're going to choose to go over, but... I'm thinking it's going to end up being Cody and Dustin for the win. I also think Sean Spears is going to have some sort of something to do with it uh, post-match to further the court, the Cody-Sean Spears storyline. I agree with everything that you said. I just don't agree with the winner. I think Sean Spears interferes, but somehow the Bucks don't see this interference Mm-hmm. They they take that into a pinfall victory, and then you can have Sean Spears and Cody spin off that storyline into something entirely different. I wouldn't be upset either way. I just got for some odd reason I think the Bucks go over here. I don't have a good rhyme or reason to it. I just got it's. A feeling that I have in my stomach. Well, I mean, it could go either way, and I also wouldn't be upset either way. So I just think it's going to be a really fun, great storytelling match for this Fight for the Fallen pay-per-view event. Very exciting. Now, of course, you can go to their website and uh, discover how to watch in the United States and how to watch in the UK or wherever you are from. And uh, they give you this whole layout. Of course, it will be on BR Live, Bleacher Report, of course. And you can uh, watch that. And then the UK is on Fight. And same with other international countries. So very exciting pay-per-view. Uh, we're going to wind down here just to get a quick 
thought from you on moving forward towards All Out. All Out, of course, happening Labor Day weekend with StarCast 3. And your girl, the Queen of Any, is going to be at StarCast and at All Out and the after party. I'm very Mm -hmm. excited. What's that? I'll say you're making me jealous. <laughs> it's very exciting. I can't wait to be there in person. I'm I'm looking forward to what's going to be. But there are about five weeks between, you know, this pay-per-view fight for the Fallen and All Out. What can we expect, in your opinion, from the AEW brand? Well, obviously, Jericho and the Adam Page title match, that should get some build going forward kenny omega moxley that should get some build going forward cody sean spears i don't think it's set in stone but it kind of feels like that's the way we're going as some as a mid-card match for all out the ladies i just can't see anything really definitive right now um maybe Britt baker again there's just not a, a definitive way of going. But, yeah, those three matches for sure, you would have that. You're probably going to have, obviously, a tag team or another six-man match with the Bucks in some form or fashion. But, yeah, I was going to say those are the top three storylines leading towards All Out that I can think of off the top of my head. Even with those three, I think that's a, that's a solid start for All Out. Definitely a solid start. I think BTE and the road to All Out are going to provide us with a lot of different experiences, a lot of different teasers, some storyline building, some explanations. I think we're going to get a lot of really fun things as they're hyping up for All Out. Maybe we'll get some more announcements, per se. That could be interesting about who may appear at All Out. I'm wondering if they'll have some sort of, like, not Royal Rumble, maybe Royal Rumble style match, if they'll do that and have some interesting run-ins. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to build all out. Um, but it's going to be number one contender. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting, right? There, there's a lot yeah, of things sure. that they can do. And that's the part that's so exciting about AEW is they can go in so many different directions and there's a lot of things that they can build, but all out is really the big stamp before TV begins. So, you know, they're going to make a big statement, you know, they're going to do something big. It's going to be crazy. And I'm, I, for one, am, am just so looking forward to it. I'm super hyped for fight for the fallen. I can't wait to be in Chicago for Starcast and all out. I, I think it's just going to be something really special that we, you know, we're getting to witness and be a part of history making, which I think is yeah, it's really special. Well, Jason, it's been my pleasure to have you on Queen's Court, holding court with me to preview and predict Fight for the Fallen. Would you please tell the Queen's Courtiers listeners where they can find you and, of course, Band from Ringside? Well, thank you for having me, Queen, once again. It was clearly pleasure resides on this side of the fence. Um Band from Ringside, you can find us on uh, all major podcast platforms, uh, iTunes for uh, iOS and any major platform, podcast platforms for Android, um, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, CastBox, you name it, we're pretty probably pretty much on it. Um, from that point, you can find me on Twitter at uh, BFRJCB. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
It's been super fun. I know my listeners will come follow you and listen to Ben from Ringside as I do. And uh, we'll be talking soon, pal. All right, Queen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What's happening, wrestling fans? This is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. And right now, you're listening to Queen's Court with the Queen of NE on Brain Busta Radio. All right, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Queenie Chats with your girl, the Queen of NE. And today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to welcome him to the show and chat with him today. I have none other than the one-man militia, Mr. Matthew Justice. Matthew, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, How are you? I'm great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, for my <laughs> listeners who uh, listen to me on my other show, DYWTSB, we know Bro Rogan from Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and he asked us to uh, watch and review uh, a show, Heavy Hitters Tournament. Uh, me and Pop did that. And that was my first kind of introduction to you. And, uh, you know, it was really cool for me to to zero in on somebody. And I was like, wow, who is this guy? I've never seen him wrestle before. And it made me want to, like, look you up and find some more matches and kind of see what you're all about. I heard your, you know, theme music. I'm a, I'm a rock girl myself. So I was like, ooh, what's that? I, I'm really interested. And then I watched you wrestle. And, you know, you made a new fan that day. So I started to watch some of your other stuff. And uh, I'm so hella thrilled that you are here talking with me today <laughs> hella that's a new one all right yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that's if i were that was uh i wrestled bradley prescott the fourth right I correct shit, i'm pretty sure i beat the shit out of him with a bunch of beer cans right <laughs> yes you did <laughs> yep and a trash oh, can man. it was marvelous a lot, yeah a lot of things i remember that um i believe we almost got kicked out of the arena in jeffersonville for that match actually Poor, oh poor Gary, the promoter of PPW, is always dealing with the backlash of, because <laughs> uh, I jumped off the claw machine. I yes, jumped off did. the claw machine and I hit him with a trash can lid. Apparently, apparently you're not allowed to climb on the claw machine. It's a strict no climbing on claw machine uh, rule at PPW. So I broke that rule, which I had no idea it was even a rule in the first place. Like, you know, that's definitely a, a, a interesting match to see. <laughs> me for the first time <laughs> yeah breaking rules that you didn't know were rules <laughs> yeah i mean uh, how would you know that though unless someone specifically told you like hey don't climb on the yeah i mean i just I I'm, guess. Kind of, I'm kind of a maniac you, know, you can't really hold me back i see something i'm gonna climb onto it most likely jump off of it throw somebody off of it uh right. you know so <laughs> well, for anyone I... who's seen some of my more recent stuff i think they will understand completely what i'm talking about <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. <laughs> I've been watching some of your stuff and I'm like, oh man, he's probably going to, yep, he's going to climb. Okay, great. He's mm-hmm. going to do that. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. Uh, it's engaging though. That's for sure. And one of the reasons I, I really enjoy watching your stuff. So for me, uh, my introduction to you, I, I just wanted to know a little bit more about your story, which is why I invited you on the show just to kind of, you know, get to know you and get to have the listeners get to know you as well. So they can see um, your talent. But for my first real kind of four-way into this, what was it that really captured your attention about pro wrestling as a, as a profession? Like, did it have to do with you being a fan as a child, like so many others? Or is it a combination of things? What really led you down this path and say, yeah, you know what, this this is for me? I think I 
grew up in the like most people that are wrestling now or fans now. Uh, the bulk of them, we all grew up through the Attitude Era. Uh, I mean, obviously, when I was little, like every single other person, I was like, "Oh, I want to be a wrestler," you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think at one point everybody said that, but I don't think I really wanted to be a wrestler then. I think I just saw it and was like, "Oh, I want to do that." Right. But but once I saw, I got a little older, maybe like beginning of my teenage years, and you, I would delve more into ECW. Uh, well, I was, really wasn't a teenager. I was like 11, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think I saw the match that made me go from being like, oh, like a little kid who says he wants to be a pro wrestler to like, no, I actually want to be a pro wrestler was Rob Van Dam and uh, Jerry Lynn from, uh, oh, there was two of them in a row. It's like Hardcore Heaven 99 and Living Dangerously 99. Um, and those are the matches that made me go like, okay, like I actually want to do this. Like this is like sports. It's like being an athlete. And that's like what made me seriously like, you know, go on like the primitive HTML frames, internet and find like the local wrestling promotion in Cleveland. That was called Cleveland all pro wrestling. And I started following that. And then that's what, you know, once it came time to like being old enough to actually go train and be a wrestler, I had already known about, oh, I had already known about Cleveland all pro wrestling and just seeked out the trainer's name was JT lightning. And then I was like 15 years old and I went to some strange random building in the ghetto of Cleveland. And <laughs> here I am uh, almost 14 years later. Yeah. That's wild. Isn't it? When you think back to when you first started, you were 15, you know, and like in high school and yeah, what was, what was your experience like stepping into that wrestling training? I can imagine in the ghetto of Cleveland, you're going to this random building and you're probably not quite sure what to expect. I would imagine. What was that like for you to to walk through the the intricacies of becoming uh, what you are now? You know, this pr- professional wrestler for 14 years. Yeah, uh, well, keep in mind too. I was like the first time I ever went. I believe I was 15. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a driver's license, so my mom, bless her, bless her heart, she drove me there and sat in the parking lot for like two hours while I had my first tryout for to be a pro wrestler. Wow. Uh, but it was like you know, like this sketchy. Well, I mean, uh, if anyone's ever heard of Turner's Hall, it's like a famed wrestling building in Cleveland. <laughs> but uh, I say that loosely, but you know what I mean. Uh, I do. <laughs> But, it, you know, it's like an abandoned school building, basically. So it's like, you know, not very well up kept. Basically, at the time, it was 2005 or six. It was 2005. The only attendants they had were like bingo and pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine the upkeep of the building. Sure. And uh, I had actually been to, to a show there, too. Like, I'd been to a few of the uh, Cleveland All Pro Wrestling shows. So I was, like, familiar with it, just not, like, when it wasn't full-blown, like, show mode so like you walk in all the lights are off you're like in the dingy school hallway and then it's like all right like i meet these guys like i'm 15 and these other dudes are probably in their late you know 20s early 30s there was like i think like the only two people that are worth mentioning i don't mean that negatively just like that people would know it's it was ray Rowe and jt were there that like you know he was training with jt at the time which ray rose in uh wwe he's in the well, I don't even know what their name is now. The War Raiders. Yes. The, the Viking at the War. The War know. Raiders. Yeah. We yeah, don't really their, know what they're called either. What's their either? full name? I don't know what it is now. <laughs> but yeah, he he, Raiders, he was yeah. there. He was training with JT at the time. He had been wrestling for maybe, I don't know, a year or so. But And yeah, there was a cool. few other guys, but all guys who have, you know, kind of faded off or, you know, 
which just aren't known. But yeah, so you can imagine, you know, like I'm like this little kid, and there's like these in my mind, there's like giant dudes. JT is kind of crazy if you uh, anyone's ever heard his stories. He's a wild guy. Uh, so then it's like the, the training rings, like not even in the school gym. It's like in the basement, like the boiler room. It's like the strange, you know, so it's like, oh, come on down to the basement and get ready. And like, I have like, what do you get ready? Like I was wearing what I was going to wear in the ring. I had some Converse all-stars on some basketball shorts and a t-shirt, you know, like right. that was it. Like, so, um, that was pretty intimidating. I think that's that's what that's what you asked, right? Like, what was right? Your, yeah, what was your experience? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty intimidating. I mean, it's pretty intimidating, obviously. But I went. I went. It was like two training was like two times a week. But since I like I said, like I didn't have a driver's license. My mom was taking me. So I mean, I I would go like once a week. I think she'd take me one day a week, sit in the parking lot for like two hours, read a magazine, and then obviously that got to be like a little bit too much. So like I trained for maybe like you know a couple months, and then like summer hit like. I got out of school, so it was, like, summertime, and, like, my mom wasn't able to, like, continually take me, so I kind of faded out for a while, mm-hmm. and then, so I stopped, you know, so I trained for a couple months, and then I came back, like, the following year, I finally got my driver's license, so I was, like, at this time, I was, like, it was the summer between my uh, junior and senior year in high school, so, like, I finally got my driver's license, so as soon as I got my driver's license, I started going back on my own, and that's, like, when I finally fully, like, finished my training and I trained, you know, I think I ended up having my first match in September of 2006. So that was like, I had just started my senior year in high school, like in August of 2006, you know, so. It's really cool to hear, like, you know, your mom brought you, that's so cool. And then you got your license and you bring yourself and then your first match and then you're still a senior in high school. So I can imagine that you're still doing school and then you're wrestling. But how did it become really your career from there uh well i never really wanted to go to college i hated school schools you know everyone has their own opinion on it but i never really was interested in school um you know i just scraped by did whatever i had to do um so between besides wrestling the only other thing i'd really done i was in it like i was in a band you know i was in a couple bands in high school i like music so like entertainment obviously it's like music wrestling it's kind of the same being a rock star being a wrestler the same things just i don't even like like half the time i draw more uh inspiration from like front men of bands than i do wrestlers nowadays anyways <laughs> you know that's cool but no but no, like, uh, I never really, I just had it in my mind I was going to be a wrestler. I told myself well, I, like, vision quested it. Like, I was going to wrestle for the WWE. Uh, you know, it's, that was all there was then, you know, in the, uh, you know, mid to late 2000s. That's what there was. So, I mean, I just told myself I was going to be a wrestler, you know. And, like, I was I was wrestling in high, in high school. I mean, I missed dances. I missed, you know, like, all kinds of stuff to be, like, all my friends, you know, they partied or did whatever high school kids did on the weekend. I, I was taking bookings, you know, driving to like middle of nowhere, West Virginia or Pennsylvania, wherever it may have been, you know, I, I always had it in my mind, you know, I went to the gym every day. I took bookings on the weekends and those were the primitive days, I guess. It was interesting. It was before the internet. It was before social media. It was like, which is really on thought, like it's not, it's not really thought of now, like there is guys like me there's guys that are older than me which is even more wild but then like no one really thinks as they see me i'm like hitting my stride now everyone's fine like you know i'm most known i've ever been i believe now mm-hmm. probably at least you know independently underground i mean you really don't think i mean i started wrestling and there was no internet there was no social media like things operate completely differently than they do now you know what i mean 
so it was just that's what I wanted to do so yeah you put in the hustle you put in the work and one of my favorite phrases is ask believe receive if that's what you want then you got to go get it and you don't make any apologies and you go and you go straight forward and I'm going to believe this is what I'm going to do and that's it and and that's really admirable you know not a lot of people you know can put forth that kind of dedication to to make that work and to your point you know I'm similarly aged to you I think I'm like a year or so older than you. And we grew up in a time like we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Twitter. No. Hey, we had dial up internet. And like we didn't have the things that are at our fingertips now. You know, we can go to our phone, which is how I'm connected with you right now. And yeah. we can do this, which it just wasn't around at this time period. And those who are, you know, your age and a little older really have that. I don't want to say grassroots, but it kind of is experience with like, well, I'm going to promote myself and I have to get out there and do it this way, which, you know, it's a little, I wouldn't say it's easier now, but it's, it's more accessible now. And there's more options out there for you to connect with, you know, a whole bunch of different people, different promotions and, and wrestle anywhere you want, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think like what social media, there was like, maybe MySpace was at a thing at the time. Maybe, maybe (laughs) Facebook, maybe Facebook was like, you had to be in college and legitimately yeah. be in college to have a Facebook, you know? That's right. It wasn't like now, like people, you wrestle now and it's like, uh, you have a match and it, I just base matches off of like your social response. Like, you know, you have a good match, you know, cause you come back, your phone's blown up. You have a million notifications, people talking right. about it. People talk about the match like days later, days later, especially if it's on a streaming service, people find out about it. It has like, like it just kind of grows and grows. So like, but it wasn't like that back then. You didn't wrestle. And like, that's kind of like, you know, especially now you get more and more bookings. It's like, how do you judge which bookings to take, which ones not to take? Well, it's like, well, here I always get a, a response on social media. Like, even if from people that aren't there, like there's people that see it at home. Back right. in the day, it was just like you just took your booking. There's like you know, there's some guy there with a camcorder filming it. But like they might talk about you on like a local message board, and like you might get some feedback from like a veteran in the locker room. But like that was it. Like there was no like in my mind, there was like no scale. It's just like I don't know. You just spun the wheels, you know, <laughs> and got the experience under your belt, and then hoping that like the right person somehow saw you, which was right. like you know, it was very like implausible. But it it's how it worked, I guess, at the time. Definitely yeah. different than it is now. And and speaking mm-hmm. of that, you, you were hoping that the right person saw you. And I, and I know that you had your time with the WWE, but how, how did that experience, you know, come to be? And what was it like for you now that you can reflect back on that uh, now? What was that like? You're talking about the WWE? Yeah. <laughs> to touch on it. Uh, yeah. Like, uh we were saying we just kind of hoped to get in front of the right eyes and everything after a few years of wrestling they had uh they would do like random tryouts at ovw which had formerly been the developmental territory of the wwe and it was in lewisville kentucky or louisville kentucky however people say and uh so they had just opened florida championship wrestling in florida so they had closed down Deep South and OVW as their developmental territories, but WWE would still randomly do like a tryout there, and they mm-hmm. would like you'd you'd have to pay, so it was always like a real hot topic, like if it's worth paying for these tryouts or not. But like, so I I was young, I think it was that was probably 2009 or, or so, 2010 maybe. Uh, so I'd been you know wrestling for you know four three four years, and um. I went to a tryout at OVW 
John Laronitis, Johnny Ace was the guy who was like scout and talent for WWE at the time. Um, he, you know, he was the talent relations guy. And um, so I went to a tryout at OVW, and you know, I, you know, I was on, I, but it was a good experience. Definitely worth the money. Got a lot of pointers, a lot of, you know, just not just like directly, but just from watching and and seeing how it went. Sure. Uh, and then that was in like that was so it was February 2010, and this was like how primitive it is compared to now. Now they like the WWE Performance Center just has a website. You, anybody, you don't even gotta be a wrestler. Like you could just fill out a profile. You could be an Instagram model, fill out a profile. And they'll see wow. your photos and they'll like you and then they'll be like, oh, they'll, you'll just get an email and be like, oh, you want to come to a WWE trial at the Performance Center? And this is like, you know, this is something that guys that have been wrestling forever have been like dreaming of doing. And like, sure. I'd just be an Instagram model and just look cute and have a good body and, you know, or whatever it may be, just some interesting fact about me. And they'll just call you down and you'll get to go to the Performance Center to have a tryout. And it's true, sure. you know, I mean, but hey, whatever. Uh so back then it was like, so you go to this tryout and like, this is, that was all via the internet that you just upload your stuff right now. So back in 2010 or whatever, they would literally, like, they had paper cards and they'd fill out your info like wow. by hand. And then John Laronitis would take the binder with him and he'd be like, all right, I'm going to fax this stuff to the, like to the office in Stanford, Connecticut. So they have all of the info and all so, like, you know, then you could be considered for, like, if they were going to sign you or if they want to bring you in as an extra, if they're going to be in your area and, like, want sure. to, you know, bring you to TV. So, like, and that's just crazy to think that like they were just taking binders full of information with, like, photos and then, like, handwritten information and, like, faxing it <laughs> to the office. And now you can just go on your own computer and apply yourself to get a tryout. You know, it's just, that's, right. like, how far ahead it is. But, uh, but no, so I... I did that. It was cool. And then later that that year, they ended up having another one. So I went back and then like, obviously it's like any other thing. It's like a big game. It's time to play the game. You know, like John Laronitis sure. remembered me. I got to, um, go to, I, you know, I got a lot of extra games out of that too. Like that whole year, 2010, I think it was actually like nine or 10 times. I think the first time I ever went to WWE, I was, it was like May 10th, 2010. It was at Raw at the, Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, and I wrestled Alberto Del Rio in a oh, dark wow. match. So, like, at the time, he was, like, just debuting. He was still, like, Dos Terras Jr., his his right. character from Mexico or whatever. And he's, he had just taken off his mask, and he was just about to debut. Like, a couple weeks later, he debuted on TV as Dos Terras, or as uh, Alberto Del Rio. So that was cool. But, like, so all through that, I did a bunch of extra things. I was on TV a few times. I wrestled on Superstars. I had uh, just a bunch of, like, as you would call, like, being a jobber. I was just mm-hmm. a jobber a bunch of times. On uh, I was Like I said, that was a dark match at Raw. I wrestled on Superstars. I wrestled on SmackDown once. Uh, mm-hmm. But so I went back to another tryout. John Laronitis was happy to see me. I got more extra work. That was at the end of 2010, like December. Um, then they started doing these tryouts at FCW in Florida, because that was their new developmental territory. And you could actually pay to go to a tryout at the actual training center, which was pretty cool. Right. And I, I did one of those in the summer of 2010 in between the two OVW tryouts and not, same thing. It was kind of like, ah, middle of the pack. I did all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they had another one in March of 2011. And I was like, at that time, you know, you're young, you don't really know how to like, that was when the business was really starting to change from like the old, old school. So all the guys that were guiding me were kind of out, their mindsets were a little bit outdated. So I really, you don't really have anyone to like go to or to like bounce your 
your frustrations off of. And I was like kind of upset. And I told myself I was never going to try to go to the WWE again. Like I was spending all this money, like all this money on these tryouts. And like, you know, I was learning and stuff, but I wasn't really getting anything out of it. I'm like, well, you know, I'm just, I need to focus on other things. There's plenty of other avenues in wrestling to be, maybe not, maybe not at that time to be successful like there is now, but there's still other avenues. But just randomly, I happened to get booked as an extra, like, right before the tryout. And then I was like, well, I can't not go to the tryout now, because if, if I'm if i an extra and they see me at TV, and then, like, three days later, I'm at this tryout, like, it'll be perfect. So I spent, like, I literally spent, like, all the money I had, because those tryouts cost $1,000, the ones at FCW. Oh, my so, like, God. Like this, and, like, you know, then you have to fly yourself to Florida, too. Like, at the time, these were, like, all paid, you know, so, like a flight i think at the time the cheapest flight was like you know two three hundred bucks sure and so it was like i think i might have if if like say the trial was a thousand dollars the flight was three hundred dollars like so that means i i think i had like a total of like one thousand three hundred seventeen dollars in my bank account which is pretty impressive actually i think about it but like so I, I, I literally went to Florida with like seventeen dollars in my in my bank account like to do this trial luckily i had a friend who lived in florida and i would sleep on his floor like whenever I do these tryouts. So that was cool. But like, no, I went to this tryout and I like, I'd already been to one. I'd already been to the two other ones at OVW. And I just like, uh, I don't want to like, I killed it. Not to like, that sounds like real cliche, but for, for better or worse, you know, I just like killed it. I mean, I like was, you know, I did well. And, um, they had kind of like insinuated to me that like I did pretty well there. And I could tell from my previous experiences, like, where I would see from afar the people that they were like catering to and the people that they were like, you know, uh, most interested in. And I could tell that like, that was me this time. I just didn't want to believe it. Cause I don't, you know, I'm like, uh, nah, I'm just too confident right now. But then right. like, I was lit- like, literally it was just like, so that was it. Trial ended. I'm like, damn, like I did really well. And I still didn't get signed. Like it still nothing happened. So I went home and I just remember being all like sad and like not bitter, but like just kind of like sad. It's like, well, what the hell, what the hell do I do now? Like, right. Uh, like, and it was literally like, so I got home from like the trial on like say a Monday, like that Friday, I was like on my way to a booking, just driving along, like me and a couple of guys in a car. We were somewhere in West Virginia. I'll never forget. It was like Friday at like five 30 in the afternoon, like some random, you know, fucking unknown private number calls me and it was the WWE and they're like, Oh, like you did great at the trial. Like we want to sign you to a developmental contract. Like, Jeez. so that, that was pretty wild. It was like very, like the most roller coaster of emotions you could ever go on. Like that, that was it. Cause it's just like right. the whole, whole time, you know, and this is like they said, I've been vision questing this since like 2007, basically like once they, uh, opened FCW, I'd be like, "Yep, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go f- wrestle for the WWE and Vision wow. Quest, living in Tampa, Florida, and everything else, you know." And then here I am, years later, it's 2011, and finally I'm like getting offered the chance to do it. It was pretty wild. I can imagine that would be wild, <laughs> especially yeah. after all the work you put in and what you were, you know. I'm assuming what your goals were, right? And you and you said you Vision Quested it, and this is what you were gonna yeah. do, and there it is, right? Uh, what a yeah, cool. It- experience for you in a phone call that probably just rocked you a little bit oh yeah i was like luckily i wasn't driving luckily somebody else was driving so it was uh <laughs> you know because i would have i don't know if i've been able to contain myself but uh sure. no that was cool that that was the uh, happy part of, of that story because after right. that i mean once i went to fcw i mean i don't want to i don't know not to sound i mean it's been so long so I'm, i've had plenty of time to 
to process it all. But just in the in the moment, I was when I got signed, I was 22. I think I signed my contract like three days after I had turned 23 that I actually signed the physical contract. Like, so I was young. I never lived away from my, my parents' house. You know, I never moved from home. I never lived on my own. Sure. So like, I, not only did I get signed, I mean, I moved away. I moved, you know, a thousand or so, however far away Florida is from Ohio, a thousand miles. <laughs> <far. at> least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so like I, I didn't just move, you know, most people, they go to college, you know, they go to local college or something they live in a dorm, their parents come visit them every weekend. Like, no, I just, I moved to Florida, like on my own, packed up my Kia and like drove it down, whatever fit, like to Tampa, Florida. And like, wow. didn't see my parents for a year. Didn't see anybody for a year. So that was like, not only just, and wrestling becoming a job, like, you know, an everyday thing, the highest level it could get. I also was just learning to like live on my own and like, you know, be away from my family and my friends and not that, you know, like, like when you're mid, like in your 20s like you really care about your family but you know what I mean like I do it's know just you your mean. your entire comfort yeah. zone that you've grown up right. uh, that you've grown up in so it was a big it was a big thing you know and then just like you said it's the highest level of competition in wrestling I mean training I mean the guys I was training with are all the guys who are on top in WWE now they're all superstars so I mean Wild. It's just like that was the level it was at. It's just, you know, I was young. I didn't know how to handle it. Uh, there was a lot of things that I just mm-hmm. a lot of things I wasn't ready to experience, really, I guess. Uh, you know, I, like I I put all my efforts into getting there, but maybe there were some other things along the way I should have been more focused on enjoying or experiencing before I forced myself to get there so fast, you know. Sure, sure. It's like now, you know, now it's all things I'd be ready to handle, but then just being young, you know, just finding your place in the world in general, not just in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was there for almost a year in 2011, and then I ended up quitting. Uh, that's the one thing I don't think a lot of people know nowadays because it's been so long. Uh, sure. But but as my name's getting back out there, as I'm kind of making a little name for myself on the indies, um, in the underground, just like to say, people just hear like, oh, yeah, he was in WWE once, but no one really knows what happened. I mean, I just really hated it, to be honest. I hated it. Like, for the last couple of months I was there, I, like, hated it. And I was not happy. And then one day I finally just didn't, I didn't show up, which sounds terrible. You know, it's like, I just, right. it was, like, TV taping day. And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, I hate my life. I'm miserable. Like, this isn't fun. Like, I mean, I liked wrestling for what I liked it for, you know, certain things. And it was not what it what I wanted it to be when I was there. And so I just didn't go. To, I didn't go one day. You know, that was it. No turning back. I called, uh, called the office, left a voicemail. Uh, and I watched the movie Armageddon. Like, I was in the middle of watching Armageddon, actually. I'll never forget. I love that movie. I was just like, I, I don't want to fucking go. I'm like, I just want to sit here and watch this movie. Like, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's how not, not fun it was for me at the time. Which just sounds implausible. Like, it sounds crazy. I'm sure there's a bunch of people going to roll their eyes just off at that. Like, oh, he was in WWE. Like, he hated it. But, I mean, now it's funny because now it's, like, the cool thing to do. Everyone hates WWE. <laughs> the, fan, the fans, the wrestlers, the journalists, sure. everybody. Like, they just, it's, the you know, like, oh, how many guys have quit? Or ask sure. for a release, or you know, now mm-hmm. it's like it's not like I came back to any fanfare on the indies, or like got booked by every known promotion there is because I quit developmental. Like now, guys will be in in NXT or at the performance center, and they'll hate their life, and they you know they ask for their release, and they come back, and they're you know getting booked by every company in the world. There, you know, sure. people want to like praise them like they're some martyr. I mean, I not to say, but I mean, I did that before it was even a thing, you know. Really, what like there was, and there's other there, and I wasn't the only one. There was other guys too, you know, mm-hmm. that did the same thing. Rampage Brown, he's a big name. 
in in England, and he he quit before I did. He just went home, went home to England. Well, you, you know, know like, I, I think it has a lot to, and it speaks a lot to you know. There's a time and a place for a lot of things, and and if you're not feeling something personally, you know, it takes no. a lot of guts to do that. To be like, yeah. you know what, man, like this is not for me. I'm not feeling this. I, you know, this is not my path right now, and that's really like it feels weird to say but that's like totally cool you know it's oh yeah i mean it's, it's not for you it's not for you you know and that's really admirable that you were like nah this yeah. like i just i'm not feeling it yeah i mean i could have stuck sucked it up and just you know ate sure. the shit i could have ate the shit basically that's what i always say i could have sucked it. i, I could have sucked it up and ate the shit and yeah i probably would have made a bunch of money and uh you know for however long i mean grant i could have got released a month later I could have got released eight, eight years later. I mean, I could still be there. You know, I could still be uh, toiling, you know, spinning my wheels. I could be the main event of WrestleMania or I could be some guy who is getting paid but sitting at home. You know, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. You never know. But, yeah, I could have done that. But, uh, I mean, it's not what I wanted. It definitely wasn't who I am as a person. Uh, sure. There's a, there's a lot of uh, things I've done in between that time that I would not have been able to do if I was in the WWE and I'm not talking about wrestling things. I'm just talking about personal life things. Like I think that sometimes like I'll be at like a really good concert on like a Tuesday night and I'll be like, damn, if I was in WWE right now, I'd be, a, I'd have to be a SmackDown probably, or, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to do or like just different life experiences, but you know, not a vacation, but just traveling or seeing the world, which uh, granted you would do with the WWE, but I'm talking like, you know, like, driving a jeep through the desert like i wouldn't be able <laughs> right. to do that like i'd be wrestling at an arena in the city and then driving to another arena in another city right but well, it's, it's totally just a change for your life you know when you do yeah. that schedule yeah Mm-hmm. so i mean it's just one of those things and it's not like that was the end it's not like a lot of guys they quit you know and they're just done wrestling like i never intended to quit wrestling i mean i went back in the you know i had to wait till my uh non-compete clause was up but i mean the the minute it was up i was at an indie show and like like you said not sound like there was any big fanfare to it it's just i went back and i did it and that that was in 2011 so i mean it's 2019 that was eight years ago so it's almost Why? nine years now you know so i mean and it's not like you know i just kept going as a grinder you know yeah. that's what i didn't never cared about sports entertainment when i was a little kid i don't even know if sports entertainment was a word you know, it was pro wrestling, so. Right, and look what you've done, you know, in, in those eight years. You've had so many different promotions that you've worked with and, you know, stuff oh, yeah. that I'm now getting to see, too, as, like, a new fan, right? And so many other people who are making, as you're saying, you're making a name for yourself and, and a little bit again, and people are figuring out who you are and wanting to get to know, like, more of your story, oh, yeah. what's going on with you, and, like, where are you wrestling at, you know? And, I saw a couple of your matches with like Blackcraft and AIW and for you wrestling at all these different indie promotions, I'm sure, you know, you have so many different experiences to, to share, but is there one promotion that you're like, yeah, like I feel really at home here. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think every promotion has their own little creature comforts, but obviously AIW is home for me. It's, you know, it's in Cleveland. It's, or even if the show's not in Cleveland, it's, you know, somewhere in the area. Um, mm-hmm. After I wrestled for Cleveland All Pro Wrestling, that's the company I made my debut for. The, the first company that I really got, like, a big booking from after that was AIW in 2007. Um, so, I mean, I've they've spanned my career, you know, even though there was a period where I was kind of, like, on the blacklist with them. But still, the first three years of my career, I wrestled there. And then the last, you know 
three years of my career, I've been wrestling with them every mm-hmm. show, basically. So they've kind of bookended my my career in wrestling. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's you know, it's like they are kind of have the same path as me that, you know, they start out as just some random local promotion. I'm just some random local wrestler. And now they're like legitimately one of the best wrestling promotions going, you know, in the, on, on the yeah. independence today. They're one of those names that you just hear. Everyone knows there's plenty of guys that have come through that are now big name stars. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's just their resume speech for itself. So, I mean, I think that's for me. And honestly, because, you know, obviously, like I've been wrestling for GCW lately. I've wrestled. I just wrestled for Beyond last weekend. I've wrestled for all, you know, basically the who's who of, of indie companies going sure. today. And honestly, I mean, those are those places are all awesome. Don't like they, those feel just as cool as AIW. It's just that. It, with without coming back to AIW in 2017, I wouldn't be where I am today, getting the opportunity to wrestle at all these other places. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I definitely so, understand that. Yep. So for you, as you've been wrestling over 14 years, it's a long career. And is there one particular match that you're like, yeah, that was my shit. I rocked that. <laughs> like that was the one where you feel like the most. I don't want to say good about, but like you're proud of that one in particular. It's hard. It's, you know, it's funny because um, recently uh, someone's approached me about doing a, like a best of the indies about me. And mm-hmm. I've been, I've been having to think of like my matches and obviously it's easy to remember the recent short-term memory, the right. matches I've had the last few years, the ones that stand out. But then to go back to like those deep, those deep years, it's like, it's hard to remember the matches that are, and that's sure. not like a, it's just, you know, time. That's a lot, a lot of matches, a lot of time, you know? Yeah. You have a lot but, under uh, your belt. Pun but intended. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, a lot of recent matches, uh, my two that I probably am most proud of. I mean, I'm proud of all my matches in oh, some course, way, yeah. you know, roundabout way, especially as I'm debuting for new companies or, new to a new company and i'm having these matches that are getting the reactions that they are but to that uh last year 2018 i wrestled nick gage on my birthday at aiw so that one was special to me because a i was cool to wrestle such a high profile match at a, such a high profile show on my birthday um yeah wow and i've nick gage is the guy that i always wanted to wrestle up to that point and then for it to happen and then for the match to be as great as it was like personally it's like the, it's i always say i wrestle i wrestle for myself like no offense to the fans like mm-hmm. i wrestle like what young 10 year old matt would want to see you know what i mean <laughs> so <laughs> that's a match that if 10 year old matt watched bad he'd be pretty hyped up about you know what i mean <laughs> I do know so that so yeah. that one that was from gauntlet for the gold March 23rd, 2018, AIW. So if anyone wants to seek that out on Smart Mark Video. Um, and then I had a match at January of this year at a place called Unsanctioned Pro in Columbus, Ohio, versus Mance Warner. And that was another one. You know, Mance is the guy who's awesome. Always wanted to work him one-on-one. And uh, we we had a, a classic, I would say, you know. Mm-hmm. So an- another one that if 10-year-old Matt would see, he would be very excited about. So those are two of my most recent memorable ones. Uh, also, I guess I need to say this, too. Um, I- I'm sure everyone at this point 
has seen, even if they're not aware that it's me, the clip of me DVDing Josh Bishop off the balcony. <laughs> yes. So, so if, if for anyone who wasn't aware, that is me. I'm the guy give, giving the DVD. Um, that match too is also pretty special to me as well. Um, obviously, well, for multiple reasons, because a we are crazy and we didn't die um, yes uh, like any it's weird to think like that's like as close to you know going viral as you can get which is pretty cool to be part of something like that um sure. but also too i'm glad that the match itself is actually a really really good match and it really turned out how it it's not just um, an okay match with a crazy spot it's like a really good match that just has an unnecessarily crazy spot in it that that everything worked out to the way it was supposed to but just the backstory of the match like uh there's a lot more that goes into it for me that makes it special i guess like we had had a really bad well i'm sure in in anybody else's mind the match is okay but in me and josh's mind or at least in my mind we had a match previous to that a month before and it was terrible like i felt like i didn't have it anymore i'm like ah this is it like if i can't when we were you know, come time for that match. It was like, if basically I said, like, if I can't have a good match tonight, like this is it, I'm done. Like I'm quitting. (laughs) And like, however, you know, however much truth would have been behind that, who would have known, but still, and I think Josh felt the same, not he's young, but still, I think he wanted to, you know, prove that we were better than we felt after our last match we had had together. And I think that's part of what maybe drove us to be crazy enough to want to throw each other off the balcony like that. But then just the fact, like, I remember halfway through the match, like, whispering, I guess I shouldn't really be saying this, but everyone knows wrestling's wrestling. But I think halfway through the match, I remember, like, whispering in his ear, like, oh, we got him. Like, we, this is good, you know? Like, so mm-hmm. um, that one means a lot to me, too, obviously. Just because, I mean, in all these opportunities I'm getting, it's, it's like that one spot, you know, that one clip of me going off the balcony just justified the other 13 years that came before it, you know, not that I didn't get my respects where they were due, but now just across the board in general, it seems like people have just like, I don't know, accepted me. So it's pretty, pretty wild, honestly. It's gotta be, I I can imagine that it would be. Um, But now that you, you know, you have these years under your belt now and you know, What's what are your goals now? What are, what are you going to vision board now? Where is Matthew Justice in in two years or in five? Oof. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird one because wrestling definitely has changed. You know. Sure. Um. I did yeah. have a WWE. I did have a WWE tryout uh, a few years ago in the, at the end of 2017, which that was pretty cool. You know, after quitting and everything, for them to come seek me out to have a tryout you know so that was kind of cool it was like kind of closed the door on that just to know that like it wasn't uh what if that was pretty cool to be able to draw their attention again years later um but honestly i mean obviously i think anybody should want to go to the wwe just for the money and the like the obviously if you want to be known as a rest uh, as an entertainer that's the spot that's where your name's going to be most valid like validated Mm-hmm. But uh, but other than that, like I mean, I just 
I'm just really not into WWE's product. I mean, and that might be sure. like a sentiment, you know, across the board now. But still, I mean, it, it, there's still some enjoyable stuff. There's still some cool moments and opportunities yeah, yeah. in that. But I just, it's just not for me. It's not. I didn't become a wrestler to because I want to be like, you know, uh, in a 12 minute talking segment on Monday Night Raw. Like I became right. a wrestler because I watched RVD and Jerry Lynn do, you know, great athletic things and with a like a vibe of a little bit of hardcore and uh, you know a little bit not nothing crazy but just you know and that's like what i i I think i feel like right now i'm just currently like what i've been doing is like the most it's like legitimately the most it's closest to what i've ever wanted to do in wrestling is now And, and it's like i can't be in ecw obviously i can't I can be in any, and I can be in the companies that have an ECW vibe, though. And I think I have the ECW vibe, and I'm. It's not just me like playing ECW. It's me just. This is what I, the environment I came up in, like mm-hmm. what I, you know, as a child. And I'm. I think this is like what. So whatever I'm doing right now is what I'm saying is what I want to be doing in two years and five years. You know, I want to keep doing it, and whether that would translate into some contract somewhere i mean no one's ever gonna let me get hit in the head with a chair on tv so i don't want to <laughs> be on tv then i guess you know what i'm saying i do even even, even the other day cody roach just took that chair shot from sean spears at aew on their last pay-per-view or whatever it yes, was and yes, and, to- and tony khan said they'll never have hardcore on tv so like well i don't think i want to go to aew you know not that i ever right. wanted to in the first place like right, right yeah right. D- yeah of course like give me money for what i love doing but it's also like i did quit the wwe for a reason like the money was great but it's not all about money in life i've always said i'm a soul surfer you know i i want to have my hand on the on the waters of life so um i want to I don't think wrestling's not fun for me when I'm under those constraints of like, you know, a billion dollar company or like we're on TV, so we can't do this, which is all, it's all bullshit. Anyways, there's TV right. shows that li- that literally show like rape and murder and like, like, you know, Game of Thrones, like to be on TV and <laughs> people, it's like a, but it, it can do, but oh, we can't have hardcore t- on TNT. Like, are you kidding me? Like, have you ever watched like a show on TNT? Like they got Animal Kingdom, all these other shows that have violence yep. in them. So I don't understand where wrestling, like, and all those shows have advertisers. All those shows make money somehow. So I don't really understand where these wrestling minds come in. But, hey, who am I? Obviously, I don't have a lot of money. So, you know. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know really where it's going to go, you know. So, but I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy where I am now. I think, you know, like, I've, I've never wanted, like, the music, I always compare wrestling and music. It's like. The bands I listen to aren't on major labels. They're not signed to, you know, some huge record deal. They're just grinding it out in the underground, playing small clubs. And, you know, they ride their own wave. You know, they have their own hits within the, you know, whatever niche music they play. And they may, you know, break through a little bit to the mainstream here or there, or maybe open for a bigger band that, you know, but they've been doing it for 30 years and that's what they do. They're respected. They have a cult following. And I mean, that's what I would like to do. You know, I don't want to sell. I'm not trying to sell out. You know, I'm not trying to. Right. You know, I'm not trying to go sign with the WWE and get some new fake name and go be an NXT and, you know, do chair shots to the back once every three months. And, you know, part of some angle like 
however cool, like my paycheck will only be like 20 times as much, you know, but I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't sound cool to me. Like, uh, but I'll gladly go jump off a balcony in a 300 person club in Philadelphia or, you know, LA or anywhere, you know, anywhere in between. So I think that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's just that's how you. You know. it's you. Yeah, just it is. Yourself. And yep. that's kind of the things I've been noticing as I've been watching your matches. And now, of course, talking to you uh, one on one, I get that real sense from you. You're just that this is who you are. And uh, you yeah. know, I think that's. Yeah, what I mean, I've been wrestling for a long time. I mean, I've been alive for longer, obviously. So, I mean, <laughs> this is I'm not changing. You know, I'm not some young, impressionable, you know, 20 year old wrestler that's gonna mold themselves to be successful i mean this is just who i am like i'm not changing myself to you know go be in ring of honor or like to you know right. to go be like i'm not i don't care if cody rhodes and the unbucks think, think i'm the coolest guy in the world and want to sign me to AEW. like i just it's gonna be because of me you know what i mean so if someone right. needs someone needs a maniac and a, a guy who's always gonna call it how it is and say it how he sees it then that's me but if not I'm happy. I'm not sad. You know, I'm happy doing it. I quit the WWE before anybody else quit the WWE. Like, I'm pretty sure I'll be all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You so, proved you could be all right. And, that, and that's yeah. like the a cool testament to your story and and that, you know, hey, I did this. It was cool, but not for me. And I still yeah. make my career doing what I want to do on my terms. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you said something a little earlier that really resonates with me that, you know, you do it for yourself. And I think that's so very important. I feel like a lot of people, not just in wrestling, but in life, entrap themselves in, in jobs or situations where they feel like they got to do it for X, Y, Z reason. And they are not they're not being authentic to like th- that's no. not what they want. Right. And that's really admirable. And I respect you a lot uh, for for saying that and doing that, living that really. You know, you live your motto, so to speak. (laughs) Thank you. No, absolutely. Man, it has been my absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Uh, I really, truly thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your life uh, and your story with me on Queen's Court for this little chat. Um, If you would be so kind, would you please tell the listeners, you know, where they can find you and, and what's up next for Matthew Justice? All right. Well, my social media handles are all the same. It's uh, at Thrash Justice, which is T-H-R-A-S-H-J-U-S-T-I-C-E. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my two main uh, social media platforms that I uh, use for wrestling. I do have a Facebook, and if you're creepy enough to find my real Facebook, uh, I might add you. I might not. But, you know, I prefer that you just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, and uh, I will be in many of towns uh you know a lot of new companies that i'm debuting for a lot of companies i'm returning to so like i said just stay tuned to you know twitter and instagram those are the two i mainly promote my wrestling on so awesome well i know my listeners will definitely check your uh wrestling out and check out your socials of course i will link it so they can find you easy and uh, again i really appreciate your time Oh, I guess I should say, too, I do have a Pro Wrestling T-shirt store now as well. So you can search uh, Matthew Justice on ProWrestlingTees.com after you discover me and realize, wow, this guy's crazy. Maybe I should buy a shirt to support him. (laughs) Chasey breaks his back. (laughs) Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) We won't put that out in the universe. (laughs) But, uh, yes. Nah, it's all right. 
definitely will uh, definitely <laughs> will get them to buy your t-shirt and support you. So absolutely, we'll link that too. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, it's time for the Queen's Courtiers Questions segment, and I have a few questions this week. Because it's a longer episode, we'll run through these real quick. The first set of questions are from Mr. Zach Shy at Z-A-C-S-H-I-130. He asks, did G1 Dallas live up to your expectations? Hell yes. Will you do a WWE-style New Japan World Tag League? I mean, you never know. <laughs> Stay tuned. And have you seen Spider-Man Far From Home yet? If yes, no spoiler thoughts. I have not seen it. I'm not really a Spider-Man fan, just a spoiler. I like a lot of different superheroes, but Spider-Man's never really been my thing. But I'll probably catch it when it comes out on DVD. And thanks so much for your questions. The last question I'm going to answer is from the illustrious G40, Mr. Matt Granberry. He asks, what are your match of the year candidates so far? Damn. What a question to ask. Okay, so right off the bat, there's two in my brain. The first is from the Best of the Super Juniors tournament, Will Ospreay versus Shingo. That was an unbelievable freaking match. Uh, Stellar, psychotic, insane. Will won, of course, becoming the winner of the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. I can't even talk. It's so exciting. And... Of course, Shingo went undefeated until that very moment. So that has to go on a list somewhere. I don't know what number, but it's on the list. Also, right to my brain, TakeOver New York, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, the two out of three falls was unfucking believable You also have to kind of throw in part two there at TakeOver 25 in Connecticut. That was insane. I also want to add, oh, okay, I'm going to add from Wrestle Kingdom this year, Obviously, because it's 2019. Uh, Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. I feel like that was just one of the most insanely fun, exciting matches. So yeah, I would go with those three. Thank you so much for your question, Matt. Whew. Okay, we did it. We've made it to the end of this week's episode of Queen's Court on Brain Buster Radio. And it's time for the jester and crown of the week before I say mwah. And goodbye. So, the jester of the week (laughs) is going to go to this cringy, ridiculous Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins nonsense. I, I don't know what's going on with them. They're just very awkward and it's just not reading right. The promos aren't going well together. The dirty dancing thing didn't really do it for me. Just want to throw it out there that Finn Balor and Bailey did it much better. Sorry, y'all. It's just, I can't really handle that. I also want to put out there, you get a part two Jester of the Week this week for that The Man's Man t-shirt. I'm not really into that either. It's, I, all right. I'm just over this whole thing. I don't mind, you know, relationships being utilized. They've done it in the past. It's not something new. I just am not living for this one. So, sorry, y'all. Jester of the Week. Now on to the crown of the week. Yes, queen. (laughs) Yes, the crown of the week. And the crown is going to... Wilf and Omega Luke for their brand new podcast, Unscripted. They are so funny. 
awesome, talented people and their union together in this new venture for Brain Busted Radio every single Monday is really special. I've loved the first two episodes. If you haven't checked out their chat from this past Monday, they talked to Quackenbush, Mr. Mike Quackenbush. Very exciting stuff. Very interesting things to say. Um, Yeah, so they're getting the crown of the week. Love you, boys. So that'll do us, y'all. We have now reached the end of this week's episode of Queen's Court. I got more things up my sleeve, honey. It's going to get bigger and better from here. Just want to take a quick moment to say thank you so much for all your support. The retweets, the likes, the sharing, the downloads of Queen's Court has meant so very much to me. It's hard to believe that this just started not that long ago, right before WrestleMania. And I feel like, you know, we're we're on this journey together and I appreciate you all so very much. So as always, please enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to one another.